What NFC East tight end is creeping back up draft boards? Which Rams receiver is the correct one to draft this season? And how much will Kenyon Drake take away from Josh Jacobs in 2021? Plus, FFPC Live Events host Greg Sidoris drops in for an important announcement for FFPC players thinking about coming to Planet Hollywood. Five-time league champion Elliot LaFleur talks targets and fades in August drafts and pros versus Joe's drafter and four-time FFPC main event league winner and owner of ffmastermind.com Michael Nazarick will pop by for a conversation about roster construction his thoughts on the Eagles backfield and much more we've got a jam-packed great show for you Farrell Elliott is here I'm Eric Balkman stick around your high stakes fantasy football hours I can't stand the pressure I've seen greater men than me the lesson Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to talk with Greg Sidoris about an important announcement uh, for anybody who wants to come out to Vegas but has not made the commitment yet. Uh, you're going to want to hear this. That's coming up in just one minute here. Uh, five-time FPC champ Elliot LaFleur discusses A.J. Dillon, Brandon Cooks, and other polarizing players in the Football Guys Players Championship draft this year. And then Michael Nazarick is going to tell us the latest about his site, ffmastermind.com, and how he hopes to add to his collection of FFPC main event titles this season, and much, much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. We've got a lively group in there. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFHour. I am at Eric Balkman. And, of course, you can always check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship that Farrell runs at KFFSC.com. Facebook.com slash HSFFHour is where you can drop us a line there. And if you want to chime in and talk with us, it's 347 426 3682. That's 347 Game Over. High Stakes Fantasy Football at gmail.com. It's also the email inbox if you want to send us a message there. If you have any questions for us, send them in now. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all the tweets, all the emails in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend Bryce and our producer and mutual friend Rob. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring him in right now. He has been a licensed casino host for nearly 30 years. He's the owner of Casino Connection USA, and he's the FFPC live events host. It's Greg Sidoris. Greg, welcome back to the show, man. Always good to talk to you. Hi, guys. How are you? Nice to hear your voice. Hello, Farrell. Nice to hear your voice as well. 
Yeah, and, and I should bring Farrell in, too. Farrell is here on the line, uh, Greg, that, uh, that we uh, were able to have this conversation with you. Um, pretty important stuff. If, if anybody missed the announcement in the FFPC email today, um, if you missed the announcement over the last couple of months, Greg has arranged a fantastic FFPC group rate at Planet Hollywood right now. But that group rate, uh, as we found out, Greg, is not going to last forever. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, that's correct, Eric. Uh, on August 24th, which is uh, it looks like nine days uh, nine days from now, uh, the contract rates that we have for all FFPC guests uh, it's a $79 weekday rate. Uh, on the weekends, it's 179. Uh, and if you compare that to the weekend rate uh, right now, for example, oh. the uh, Planet Hollywood on the Friday night it's 206. And on Saturday night, it's $458. So if we don't get that room booked by the 24th, I can't do a whole, a whole lot about uh, saving us money. So the urgency for the phone call was to make sure that anybody that's sitting on the fence, uh, give me a call uh, at 216-299-5390 or greg at casinoconnectionusa.com. Send me an email. Or you can go to myffpc.com and click on the link uh, that's down in the Las Vegas section, and you can book your own room yourself, uh, and you can obtain those rates that we're talking about. So once again, August 24th is the cutoff for our room block, and then our hands are kind of tied with the numbers. So we wanted to make sure that you guys were able to take advantage of that, uh, those room rates, and we really look forward to seeing you guys out there. Also, we do have our, our Thursday night party which is the Dallas versus Tampa Bay. That's the opening kickoff night. That's hosted by the FFPC. Doors is typically open, typically open around 420. Uh, it's a 520 kickoff. Uh, and then we also have our Sunday viewing party uh, over at Blondie's, uh, which is in the Miracle Mile, which is connected to Planet Hollywood. And uh, we have a uh, – it's a very nice package there. It's 125 for a ticket. What comes along with that 125 is you do get a $75 food and beverage credit. Uh, you can come and go as you please. You'll have a, a seat from 9.30 till uh, the end of the second game. So w we have a couple of uh, excellent events for you guys planned. We, we have a fantastic turnout. It's, it's, uh, it's the largest turnout that we've had in the years that I've been doing this with the FFPC. So we're very excited that people have their energy. I know everybody was cooped up from last year, so we'll see if we can let out some steam this year. Yeah, and I've, I've been to Blondie's for the uh, for the viewing party on Sunday. It is a blast for sure. I, I encourage everybody to take advantage of that. The Thursday night viewing party, I mean, my goodness, several hundred people in there all watching the same game at once. Everything, you know, fantasy on their minds. It's, it's a tremendous, tremendous experience there. But you don't want to experience that by paying more for these rooms coming up after the 24th. So make sure that you are booking right now. If you go to the main event page at myffpc.com, there's a link right at the bottom of, of all the leagues. Click on that. Uh, you can get, to get the group rate. If you have any questions for Greg, 216-299-5390, casinoconnectionusa at gmail.com is where to reach him there. So, Greg, this is, I mean, we, we never like to put the screws on too bad, but this is a serious warning for anybody who is on the fence. Um, now is your chance to make sure that you can save a lot of money if you are booking here before August 24th. It's kind of uncharacteristic because over the past few years, the room rates have been very comparable to our, what our contract rate was. So with, with everything that went on last year, the hotel casinos in Vegas 
kind of pushed the room race up to keep to keep uh, to keep it real. We'll just say that. Uh, so they're they're doing what they need to do to keep the uh, everybody safe and sound uh, by actually raising the room rates. Uh, but once again, we're we're ready for everybody, and we're we're looking for you guys to come uh, be coming out soon. So it's right around the corner. Twenty, I think it was. Uh, I think we're under. Uh, we're right around three weeks away from from the kickoff. So um, I, I really appreciate you guys letting me come on uh, to make sure we get the message out to everybody uh, regarding the rooms. Greg, it is our pleasure. Can't wait to see you. We'll uh, we'll hook up in probably a little bit less than a month here. Like I said, about three weeks, man. Thanks for popping on the show. You're always welcome here. We appreciate it, and thank you guys very much. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thank Greg Sidoris, ladies and gentlemen, you want to make sure you book 216-299-5390, casinoconnectionusa at gmail.com. Farrell, uh, if you are my favorite person in the world, Greg might be my second favorite. Greg Sidoris is the man that uh, he is the straw that stirs the drink in Las Vegas, Bucky. And he is, with me on the phone, he is preaching to the choir because as soon as I saw his published rates, I ran to get them. And I think part of the influx of people coming to Las Vegas, I don't know if they all have a ticket to the game, but they want to say that they were there uh, for the Ravens Raiders. They want to say that they kicked off the season for live Monday night football. And I, I, it's across all hotels, not just the Planet Hollywood, but the Planet Hollywood were guaranteed to all be together and to have uh, quick access uh, to our uh, uh, ballroom and all the events that Greg has planned. It's a beautiful weekend that he's got together. I am so sorry that I will have to wait till Wednesday to get there and then go home on Saturday night. But you know what? I'm not there for a long time, but Greg Sidoris will make sure I have a good time. You got that right, for sure. And and <clears throat> Dizzle brings that up in the chat room tonight, too. Like, it's going, there's a ton of people coming out to Vegas because of that Ravens-Raiders game on Monday night, as you pointed out, Farrell. Um, and, and the demand for rooms has obviously gone up. So we, Greg got us this great deal at Planet Hollywood. Um, he's been able to extend it until August 24th. But beyond that, it's going to be very, very difficult. And, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll equate this with my Bucks thing, too. I ended up uh, paying um, more money than I probably should have to go to the NBA Finals Game 4. But I never know when I'm going to experience this again. Well, I'll tell you, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. The professional football will only launch in Las Vegas one time. This is the only time it's ever going to happen. You have the chance to celebrate that with that Ravens-Raiders game on Monday Night Football. You could say you were in Vegas the time the NFL launched there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, go to myffpc.com slash main event. Scroll down, book your room there, or reach out to Greg, casinoconnectionusa at gmail.com. Uh, that main event, by the way, if you are registered by midnight Pacific time on Monday, you're going to get your draft slot on Wednesday. Remember, live main events kick off next Friday, and they will run essentially every day until the uh, the Saturday before the start of the season. Um, the uh, uh, deal we're giving right now, if you're already registered with the main event, you want to add another team, boom, $400 off that, whether you're drafting live or online. The Football Guys Players Championship, that's been picking up steam. Uh, $500,000 for first place, $100,000 for second. Congratulations to those people who participated in the weekday giveaway this week and won. Curtis Watson, Adam Krautwurst, and Don Terminello, actually two former guests of the show, um, ended up winning that week or for this week. So they get a free Football Guys team. 
stay tuned next week uh, to see if we launch that again. I think there's a decent possibility that it'll happen. The best ball tournament that we launched this year is filling up fast. I believe we're almost uh, 80% full on that $100,000 grand prize, only $125 to enter. And remember, we are in the countdown only a couple more weeks until we close the door on slow dynasty startup drafts. So if you want to get on that, do that now. And, of course, best ball drafts, including the $5 best ball, Cinco de best ball options, always going on at MyFFPC.com. Farrell, I'm looking at KFFSC.com. Do my eyes deceive me? Are all the live leagues in Cincinnati and Louisville sold out? Yes, sir, Valky. We've largely been sold out since uh, the end of last week, but there were a few stragglers uh, that came in, and when I woke up this morning, it was all gone. And, uh, and we've got can... our numbers right. We've got a chair for everyone. We've got multiple chairs for you, Bobby. And uh, I just can't wait to uh, to reunite and see everyone. It's one of our biggest uh, live attendants uh, in the history, the 19-year history of the league. But we have plenty of online, uh, both, uh, both live online and slow, that are going off right now. So it's uh, Monday night. We'll get back at it after the weekend in Cincinnati. And I'd like all the listeners to come in and uh, and take a shot with us uh, starting Monday night, August 16th. KFFSC.com is where you want to get hooked up with that. Join uh, myself, a ton of people in the chat room that are participating in the K- uh, uh, Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It always is. Cannot wait to get some main event drafts going, and you can join as early as Monday night's draft in the Queen City shutdown division going off at 9 o'clock Eastern time. We are going off with our second guest right now, ladies and gentlemen. Let's bring in that second guest. Um, They are a winner of five football guys, players' championship leagues, with plans to win many more of them in 2021. Mm -hmm. Please welcome onto the program Elliot LaFleur. Elliot, thanks for hopping on the podcast tonight. Thank you guys for having me. It's great to hear you. We, I, I literally just got a message from you as I was talking with, with Greg Sidoris here. Um, but I, I want to know what you, not only w- when you're not winning all these football guys leagues and drafting all these football guys leagues, what you're doing for a living. And curiously, how did you get your bankroll going, going for the uh, Football Guys Players Championship? Um, so I've mostly been playing online poker for a living for the last 10 years, but about two years ago, I switched mostly to playing stock or uh, just like the stock market. Um, It turns out that a lot of the information that you learn to be a successful poker player translates very well to fantasy football and the stock market. So I've just been transitioning into that route over these last couple of years. So I've got plenty of time to do fantasy football and stocks. Oh, Elliot, that's that's fantastic. Balky and I, Balky and I love uh, experiencing the world through the cinema and the movies. What's your favorite all-time poker movie? Uh, Rounders. Don't even have to think about yeah. it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, would, I would suspect. I would. I, would suspect <laughs> I feel like that is a decent part of like how my early life went. <laughs> Definitely a lot like Matt David. All-time I played some backroom games player. and then went out to Vegas to turn the sand to gold. There you go. <laughs> Did you? Uh, who is your favorite all-time poker player? Do you have any favorites, Elliot? Uh, yeah, Phil Ivey for sure. He his his like uh, biography growing up was probably one of the only people that I was like really interested in, and um, so like he ended up uh, sneaking into casinos when he was seventeen. So I had to do the same thing. 
I I look very young, <laughs> even now when I'm 30. So I had to put on a huge disguise because I didn't have a fake ID or anything. Got all dressed up to the nines, and yeah, I've snuck into a few casinos back in my day, mostly based Good because Bill Ivy did it. <laughs> Good for breaking you. news right, here. So we have. Uh, Un- unconvicted felon Elliot Lafleur on the program tonight. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're past the statute of limitations on that one. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and I don't. Quite frankly, I don't even think that's a felony either. So, uh, but it's, it's good to talk to you. Farrell's Farrell, going to talk to you. Speaking of the desert, Farrell has a question for you about some players out in the desert. I do. That's perfect because you know you can identify talent in the desert and you can take your chances. You don't dance every dance when you're playing poker, but Elliot, please tell me something. How do you figure which players you should dance with on the Arizona Cardinals? Nationally, Hopkins, you can draft him. Not thinking about it, Kyler Murray is one of the top quarterbacks off the board. When Rondell Moore was drafted by this team, and you know, I live in Louisville, Kentucky. Rondell is from here, and he played at Purdue. And you know, my shoulders kind of sank. I just did that did not excite me, and I, I still haven't figured it out, and I want to see the preseason. But the forgotten man through all these players, the forgotten man is Christian Kirk. I look at the stats at the end of the year. I see he caught between 50 and 60 balls. I always say, I wonder when he caught those. You know, I must have <laughs> I know, been right? out for, for beverage or something. Can you put some clarity on any of these players with, with – shining the the brightest light on defining what we should expect from Christian Kirk. Well, everyone else besides Christian Kirk is pretty much going where they probably should be drafted. So I don't see much value there, there other than like every once in a while, DeAndre will slip because of some of the stuff that's happened this preseason with him potentially not wanting to play with the whole COVID thing. Um, if they're mandated to take the vaccines and whatnot. Um, so the the value pick for me has been Christian Kirk. And it's because of the whole, like, mathematical age range and progression of wide receivers. Like, very few wide receivers do well right off, like, in the first couple of years that they're on a team. So if you look at Christian Kirk, he's been developing. And, like, you, you usually want a little bit more pop yep. from, like, like, a little bit more like, a, like, show me something in the last couple of years. The problem with Christian Kirk, though, is he's been behind two Hall of Famers, DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald. So, like... Of course, you hasn't seen the pop because he's just been he's just been sitting there waiting his turn. Well, this year could easily end up being his turn. I am a little worried about AJ Green uh, the stepping mm-hmm. up and uh, just rendering Christian Kirk completely irrelevant this year. But there's a chance that he could get hurt, and there, I don't really like the rookie's chances of just becoming a superstar like Justin Jefferson. Like I just cannot see Rondell Moore having that type of season this year. No. So I for for a 15th round pick. I think the guy to go for is Christian Kirk because he ha- he fits all these different types of age range progressions, and uh, he has the opportunity this year. Like he he will most likely be the third wide receiver that starts the game, and um, when he uh like if if he takes any of his chances, he's just gonna like Kyle Murray's gonna end up being like going to him like whenever DeAndre's covered or triple covered <laughs> for that matter. Um, so like. Again, in the late rounds, you, you're not worried about them not doing anything because most of those guys won't do anything. So you have to look what, what could break possibly right. And I just think that he is the cheapest guy that could have things break right. And you now he's the, you know, he could end up having like a top 15 finish 
if he ends up getting that number two role in Arizona. I mean, none of it's certain, but I, I just like the opportunity there. Kyler Murray is a great quarterback. I mean, he almost threw for 4,000 yards in his rookie season. You have to love that. You know they're going to score touchdowns this year. Who's going to get the ball, you know? So that that that's that's definitely my like take on Christian Gary. That's a brilliant take. Elliot, Zach Ertz right now in Football Guys Drafts over the last three days. Shout out to FantasyMojo.com's Darren Armani, who compiles all this data, uh, data for, <clears throat> for us. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Zach Ertz over the last three days, 14.02 for his ADP, tight end 24. How good of an investment is that for fantasy players right now, taking Ertz at that spot? Dude, I absolutely love Zach Ertz. He's only had one bad year. And, again, if you go with the whole age rage progression, he's a 30-year-old tight end. Tight ends do well when they're 30 years old. So his age is no concern of mine. My only concern is Dallas Goddard. But, he's one, he's injured right now or, like, had a bad start to camp. Like, he was getting ragged on for not being in shape. And uh, then my other favorite part of Zach Ertz is there's a chance that he could still get traded. I mean, I, I, when I first started drafting him, I thought it was much more likely than it is now. So now I'm not hoping on it. But there's still value in having um, them running out two tight end sets. Like, more, more than one time uh, has a team been able to have two fantasy-relevant tight ends when they're their main uh, pass catchers. And so far, uh, none of the wide receivers in Philly camp are gaining the trust, I believe, of Jalen Hurts. I mean, from everything that I've read, it seems like Hurts and Hurts Hurts actually have a good connection with each other. And I just can't pass on a guy who's been a top 12 player every single year, except for one year in his career and has no injury. Like I I don't get why the Eagles hate him so much. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was encouraging to watch the preseason game last night and see quarterback Hurts contact with both these wide receivers. You know, and if Ertz is healthy, he's going to be fine on the field. I like your assessment of that. And I'm surprised this player hasn't moved up as well. I, you know, Balky knows the answer to this next question. Um, and But I'm going to ask it. Um, and it, and it, it's probably one. Uh, Balky is famous for outsourcing intelligence, and, and he's great at it. And, and he's coming down to Kentucky to play, and he's going to need to know this answer. Now, for me, Aaron Jones is a player that I love so much as a fantasy player and love as an NFL player. If I were calling plays at, at Green Bay, uh, Aaron Jones would be the definitive bell cow back would probably ask for time off, would probably wave himself off the field. But I don't believe that's the reality that we're facing in the NFL this year with A.J. Dillon there. Can you – I probably always draft Aaron Jones a little high. Um, Am I making a mistake by doing that? Uh, if you're only making a mistake, it's because I'm too much of a fanboy of the Packers and Aaron Jones. I absolutely love Aaron Jones. One of my favorite things that he does is when he gets tackled behind the line of scrimmage and ends up with a two-yard gain. Yeah, the average fan, like, person doesn't realize how good that was. But, I mean, he just got five yards that he shouldn't have gotten. And he does that all the time in all these small little windows. So I just can't um, – I, I can never pass on Aaron Jones. He's way too much fun to watch. He plays on my favorite team. 
And I'm not worried about A.J. Dillon, especially when the Packers basically had the – they basically gave the blueprint for Aaron Jones' floor last year. Like, all of the touchdown regression happened. Jamal Williams played. A.J. Dillon played. And yet he still put up the fifth uh, most running back points last year. And that was like everyone took everything – everyone took all of his chances away, and he still finished and returned you value there. So, like, I just can't pass on a guy who had, like, his floor season just because you're worried about a second – or, like, it's like a second-string running back coming in. But one thing that we've noticed in the NFL is that none of these guys can really carry – like, very few players can carry the 300-carry season. And I, I believe that it's just going to be a 65-35 split for most running backs on most teams. Like, what's it, Najee Harris for Pittsburgh? He's probably one of the few guys that you can, like, realistically project to not have that sort of timeshare. Um, I'm sure, like, Ezekiel Elliott. But, yeah, I mean, every, everyone's moving into that route. Like, uh, even with Josh Jacobs, um, then, then bringing in Kenyon Drake. Like, he, Josh Jacobs, they're not going to get away from Josh Jacobs. He was their, like, second-best mm-hmm. player last year. So they're not going to get away from him just because they brought in Kenyon Drake, just like they're not going to get away from Aaron Jones just to give Dylan time. But they, neither of those guys can carry the ball and play the whole game. So all like Kenyon Drake and um, AJ Dylan, they're they're going to get their time shares. They're like they're mm-hmm. they're going to get their touches, but they're not going to destroy the fantasy value of their current players. If anything, they're going to help their team move the ball closer to the end zone, so the real guys can get the touchdowns. Talking with Elliot LaFleur, five-time Football Guys Players' Championship League winner. Um, Elliot, uh, in regards to Brandon Cooks, how much is the sort of unknown quarterback situation there? I mean, obviously, we don't know what's going on with Watson. But Tyrod Taylor, Davis Mills, how much is that uh, dissuading you, if at all, from drafting Cooks in the eighth round? It's not really dissuading me at all because uh, it's – the, the quarterback situation to me is completely known. I have been assuming Tyrod Taylor was going to be the starting quarterback ever since I drafted my first team. I mean, the, the sexual, sexual assault allegations against Watson are just way too much for them to, like, ha- have him slated to be their starting co- like quarterback as they're planning out their preseason. And then um, he doesn't even want to play. So even if, it all, even if it ends up all working out for him, he's still not going to play for the Texans. They know that. Everyone's known that. So Tyrod Taylor's the guy. And if you remember when Tyrod Taylor was in Buffalo, he was able to hit Sammy Watkins quite often. Like, I mean, they ended up making the playoffs with him. I feel like Sammy Watkins and Brandon Cooks have a very similar skill set. So I'm really not worried about uh, Tyrod Taylor making uh, having having Tyrod Taylor hit Cooks enough for Cooks to return that like top 16 wide receiver season that he's done now for four different teams and four different quarterbacks. You know, uh, I, I look forward to meeting you and continuing these, these talks uh, about football players because you are deep into understanding. So I've got – I'm going to ask a question here that I need some help with. I think I know the answer, but I'm the one who is uh, – who's outsourcing some, some intelligence here for this one. So one of the one of my favorite guys that I've met playing fantasy football is he's noted and known here in our league as the ultimate Browns fan. His name's John Anderson. He's in Cleveland. If the Browns are at home, he's there, rain, snow, doesn't matter. And he sent me a text the other day uh, speaking about the qualities of the Cleveland Browns tight ends. And 
I looked at that, and I said, which one? You know, because Stuper, he has the resume. And uh, Harrison Bryant has the measurables, the, the, the triangle numbers that the NFL scouts love. And Njoku has the athletic skills. That's the guy I like. And now we have a quarterback uh, throwing to him. Uh, you know, all these guys, to me, are shackled by the, the burden of being, you know, having Mayfield as their quarterback because I think he's predisposed yep. to not throw the ball to the tight ends because he's got to go over to the sidelines and explain to uh, – Beckham Jr. why he did. So right. it's it's a it's a big mess there at this position. I say if you put all these three tight ends together, you have one very excellent tight end. Um, it doesn't help that their best wide receiver the last couple of years, Jarvis Landry, has plays in the same spot of the field as those tight ends. And there's three exactly. of them. Exactly. <laughs> so like, I, don't, so I mean, it's one, just like dink and dunk all day, but else? is that going to be enough? You know, here in Kentucky, we don't have the tight end premium, but in in Las Vegas, we do. And and I've I want to find a double digit tight end that can deliver. Should I look somewhere other than Cleveland? Um, I mean, I I don't mind uh, grabbing a late round flyer on Hooper, especially when I miss out on any one of like the premium tight ends, or then my like deep strategy of like the Janu Hunter Henry Zach Ertz strategy um, that I've been doing a lot of drafts this year. If I miss out on like one, uh, a few of those guys, then I'll just take Hooper as a as a depth pick, and that's I'm just mm-hmm. I'm, it's more just a hope. I am just hoping that the coach speak is kind of right, and that they actually did pay this guy all this money to actually throw him the ball this year. I, I thought he was going to do well last year, so I, I'm a little off of Hooper because he kind of burned me bad last year. <laughs> I thought he was going to have a good year. I thought Baker, I thought that was the throws that Baker could make, but um, he just couldn't find him. So I do have to admit, I'm scared. Uh, I've had Najoku before, but honestly, with, with Hooper and Odell and the two running backs just blocking it, I, I just don't see a path to, like, top five tight end other than Hooper. And honestly, with Hooper, it's probably going to take the right injury to the right person to free up enough targets for him to do that. But yeah, I mean, Njoku you, you know he's going to get t- targets. So if you need someone there just to, like, you know, fill in a bye week, I wouldn't mind him. But I don't see the upside there. I think you can find better guys for upside. Yes, sir. Elliot LaFleur joining the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Let's talk about Farrell's Raiders here, uh, Elliot. Kenyon Drake uh, expected to catch a significant amount of passes based on um, quotes from the coaches, uh, comments, and tweets from the beat writers. How much stock do you put in uh, to that when you're considering whether or not to draft Josh Jacobs when he's sitting there for you in the fifth round of football guys drafts? Uh, again, that's good. Like I mentioned with the AJ Dillon, not too much. Um, I, I like Josh Jacobs because I know that he's the focal point of their offense and that he's going to get carries. And then um, the only, the only knock on Josh Jacobs is that his like, he needs the game script to work out well, but that just makes it easy for to, to start him and not start him. Um, if you have a backup plan or, like, any extra depth at running back. So I'm not overly worried about Kenyon Drake doing it. Honestly, I'm just hoping Kenyon Drake uh, keeps uh, the Oakland Raiders a little bit more active on the offense this year so that way uh, some of my teams that do have Waller, do have Jacobs, uh, score more touchdowns. Because I I am a little worried that they're going to be below average this year as, like, in offense in general. But I'm not worried about Drake – 
siphoning off. I just, I honestly just think he's going to be the perfect little gadget player to help get them first downs when they need it. You know, get Josh uh, Jacobs a break because he can't run 35 times in a game. A wonderful answer for the Raiders. And, of course, you called them the Oakland Raiders, which is you can do that. Now, what's really dangerous if you start calling them the L.A. Raiders. I heard a guy say that the other day. So you, you, you don't want to do that. But <laughs> right. I, I want to stay with running backs. I'm going to stay with running backs because this – I've been playing in football guys in main event slow drafts, and I, I've had a couple partners – uh, in some of these drafts, and I have the audacity, apparently, to bring up, hey, why don't we draft Melvin Gordon? And I literally get shouted down. The guys won't really complain, <laughs> but but no Melvin Gordon. And I go, I go, well, maybe I got those numbers wrong. I go look them up. 986 yards last year, 215 carries. Averaged almost a yard better than what he did per carry with the Chargers the previous year. He's still catching passes. The guy has found the end zone either eight, nine, or ten times for the last six years. And I'm curious, in Denver, with the situation at quarterback and and how it exists, I'm not sure which one's going to play, but how it currently exists, are you not going to run the ball 400 to 500 times a year? And are you going to put that burden on the rookie running back? And, And... you know, Balky might remind me or remind us or, or you know, because I, I need to know what the, the mojo is on this player, but I really want to know what's in your head about this player because Williams goes high and Gordon goes later and begrudgingly so, it would appear to be. Yeah, to be honest, I don't understand the hate on Gordon, um, especially like now that like one of the trends of this season are teams talking about not uh, taking their brand new running back toy that they just drafted and then giving them 300 carries and then running them into the ground, just kind of like Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley. I mean, we have a history of teams running their guys into the ground. So I can't, the only way I can see uh, Javonta Williams fully taking over is if uh, Gordon really is not playing well and the Broncos are in the hunt for the playoffs. If the Broncos are not in the hunt for the playoffs, I don't understand not let Gordon run out the end of his contract. Why, why waste that money and why waste uh, your health of your, of your future to, to win meaningless games at the end of this year? So, like, and, and if they're doing well, there's a good chance that Gordon was part of the reason. Like, they were well-functioned. Yeah. Um, so, I don't, I don't understand, like, why it's just – uh, instantly has to be Javonta Williams. It's not. This is not one of the other teams that drafted a uh, running back and has – it's all them, and it's just going to be them from now on. Like, they have one year left of Gordon. Why not punish the shit out of – sorry. Why not punish Gordon and then let your Javonta Williams just take over next year? Like, wh- why? I don't, I, don't, I don't see how that would be a good uh, strategy from, like, an organizational standpoint to just hand the keys over when you're already paying a guy $15 million to run the ball. <laughs> Probably like 10 Meryl, or 13, but, time, you know. Our- our, our time with Elliot is uh, drawing to a close here, um, but I do want to uh, ask him. I do want you to ask him that final question right now, though. Oh, thank you, Bulky. Thank you very, very much. You know, um, there's a player you're going to avoid. I don't know who he is yet because you're going to tell us. And then there's going to be a player that's a deep, deep sleeper. And if you watch some of the 
early preseason, uh, my sleepers have completely changed after last night. They'll probably completely continue to change. But will you tell <laughs> us on this warm August evening uh, who your uh, guy you're avoiding and who your favorite sleeper is? Um, well, I got two guys I'm avoiding. I'm avoiding the T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. I see the, all their Ooh. upside, but I honestly, I, I'm I'm afraid of Joe Burrow not being back at full. And I'm also afraid of Joe Tyler Boyd soaking up way too many of the targets and way too many of the carries. Um, again, like I told you about the range progression of wide receivers, I don't I don't like betting on them this early. I have a very clear number one role, and it's it's I don't like I don't even know who the number one wide receiver is on the Bengals to be honest. So like I'm not touching it because in that whenever you're looking in that round. Probably like four other wide receivers that have a very clear role and have like just as good of a quarterback throwing to them this year. Well, what about uh, good stuff, the, Elliot? What was that? Yeah, yeah. Can you give us a, a, a mid round or a late round sleeper that you've been grabbing? Um. Yeah, I mean, for, m- for me, it's mostly been uh, Zach Ertz uh, in, the, in the late rounds. Zach Ertz, Christian Kirk. Um, I, I have been liking A.J. Green with the news coming out. You never know if he can uh, have a resurgence or not. Um, I, don't, I don't get hung up on any one person late, though, in drafts because, uh, to me, they're all just lottery tickets. You don't want to just spend all your days dreaming about a lottery ticket. The guys that I like, mm-hmm. the guys that I get stuck on are, like, the the nut pieces like uh, Devontae Adams or Aaron, but guys who you who have done it year after year, and you just, there, there's no change to their situation. Uh, Elliot, there was a change to your situation last year. You won a bunch of football guys, uh, league titles, and I want to congratulate you on that. I also uh, wish you nothing but the best of luck in all your football guys drafts this year. I know um, you've expanded your territory, as Pharaoh likes to say, and I know you are hoping for even bigger things in 2021. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining the show tonight. And now, of course, because you're of age, Feel free to go sneak into a casino and drag a few pots. Uh, thanks so much for joining okay, the show I'll come tonight, see you guys at Planet it. Hollywood. I live right across the street. There you go. I love it. I love it. Elliot, be good, man. We'll talk to you soon, dude. Great talking to you guys. Thanks for having me on. Have a great night. Elliot LaFleur, you too, man. Elliot LaFleur, the uh, five-time football guys players championship winner, joining us on the program tonight. And because it's August and because we love you, why not bring a third guest? But he's not just any guest, uh, ladies and gentlemen. He has 30-plus years fantasy football experience. He operates one of the longest-running fantasy football information websites since 1996. Primary claim to fame, obviously, the SI.com Expert League, four consecutive seasons in a row. He was the champ. He's the only winner of that league. He is the CEO and president of Fantasy Football Mastermind Incorporated at ffmastermind.com. You follow him on Twitter at ffmastermind. Please welcome back to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Michael Nazarek. Mike, what's going on tonight, man? Great to be here, Eric. Uh, I'm really excited. Uh, football is back. We're watching, TV. We're watching it right now on the TV right now, and I can't believe that these games are actually going to be real here in, in, in about a month. So, and we'll get into uh, to more of FF Mastermind, uh, you know, at, at, at the end of the program. But you've been doing this 
since 1996. You've seen a ton of stuff operating this this uh, fantasy football uh, website over the years, and I just want to kind of get into your frame of mind when when you're you know prepping for this. Is this a year-round venture for you? Are you constantly immersing yourself in film and stats or or everything like that? Has this become you know pretty much a, a more than a full-time job for you? Uh, I guess yes. I, that's as, as, as easy <laughs> as I can say it. I, I live, eat, sleep, everything fantasy football. In the middle of March, you know, I can't wait for free agency. February after the Super Bowl, I'm still, you know, arranging things on the site. What are we going to do next? What are we going to add to the site? I mean, it's it's more than just that. But I've been doing, I've been playing fantasy football since 1988. I mean, the first draft pick was Randall Cunningham, quarterback for the Eagles, and the second pick was Herschel Walker, running back for the Cowboys. So that's how that's how old I am. I don't know if I gave that away. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful, Michael. I tell you what, it's going to take a mastermind for me to figure out the Colts' backfield. And I want to start my question tonight about the ADP of Mr. Jonathan Taylor. It is, a, is it a real number? Should I be drafting Jonathan Taylor at the end of the first round? Yeah, earlier on in the year when you were uh, checking out all the free agency, he was going in the middle of the first. Now it's so late in the first. And Balky would have to tell me where he's exactly going now. Um how how far should this guy fall before someone should jump into uh, Jonathan Taylor? Well, I'm not really that big of a fan of Jonathan Taylor. I know he's a very talented guy, but last year they kind of went with the hot hand. I know he got hot late in the season because they had a really good vintage, uh, you know, a, a soft schedule per se. But you got Nyheim Hines is still there, and it's it's more than just catching passes with this guy. He can run up the gut too, and when he has really a lot of success – they just sit Taylor on the sidelines, and I think that's going to continue here and there enough to that he's not uh, he's not a first-round pick in my eyes, especially with Carson Wentz out. We don't know. They, they're saying now he might be on track for week one, but then they say, wait a minute, we've got to make sure he's 100%. That's kind of a nebulous thing, and that's – you know, I, I always thought and think that you can – you can't win your draft in the first round, but I think you can lose it. And if you're taking the mm-hmm. wrong guy, certainly, you know, you're you're in trouble. Now, I'm not saying that Jonathan Taylor is not going to have a good season, but is he going to have a top five or six season or even a top ten season? Uh, I, I, I I doubt that. Mike, um, let's talk about um, uh, Washington football team here. Is Logan Thomas uh, a smart, still a smart ad for fantasy man? And by the way, I, I, before I get into this, I will spill the beans on Jonathan Taylor. Farrell, he's now at 203 in football guys drafts right now wow. uh, as running back nine. Logan Thomas, we were just talking a, a little bit about him in the chat room when we were on the uh, Zach Ertz discussion before. Logan Thomas is tight end seven at the 702. Mike, is that a smart ad for, for fantasy managers considering – Curtis Samuel's there. Adam Humphreys is there. De'Ami Brown is there. What about Logan Thomas in the seventh? Yeah, uh, FFPC Pros versus Joes. That's where I took him in the seventh round. I had the uh, the one eight pick, so I took him at seven eight as my number one tight end. And uh, I, I I loaded up on running backs and uh, and wide receivers before round seven. And I like him this year. Uh, you know, the, beyond Kelsey, there's not really a, a lock, a solid lock. I know Waller. You know, people think he's up there. Well, I mean, he does have an ankle injury. We've just kind of learned that today, and he's missed so many days of practice and all. you got Kittle as a kind of injury prone a little bit there. These are expensive players to be choosing. So if I'm going to choose an elite tight end, it's going to be Kelsey in the first round, or I'm going to wait until later and grab somebody like a Logan Thomas in round seven or eight. 
you know, you can wait till later to get New Orleans Saints wide receivers, and now with uh, with another Thomas, Michael Thomas, unavailable for the early part of the season. I've been curious why Traquan Smith hasn't moved somewhat. He doesn't have to move into single digits. He doesn't have to move into being your number three uh, fantasy receiver, but. I've liked what this guy's done when given the opportunity. He scored touchdowns. Everybody talks about it. he's had the opportunity. He's never done it before, and I disagree with that. They, they don't throw the ball to him much in the red zone, but when they do, he catches it. Uh, what's your take on Traquan Smith? Well, I tell you, the word that comes to mind is inconsistent. That being said, it's not much of a sample size. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. He's certainly going to have opportunity this year. So the question is, when do you take him in your draft? Um, oh, Lee, you know, I mean, maybe mid mid to the latter rounds there. I mean, if he goes in the eighth or ninth round, I don't want any part of him. That's that's too high. Uh, Marcus Callaway is making a, a name for himself in camp there, and with uh, with Michael Thomas out injured too, and also Trey Traquan Smith's been injured in camp, and so he hasn't uh, practiced much. They say Callaway's making all the plays down there, but you got right. questions. Who's going to be the quarterback? Taysom Hill, uh, Jameis Winston. Uh, now, and now they lost their kicker Lutz for a while. I mean, I don't know if this ever since Drew Brees retired. You know, there's things up <laughs> in the air. It doesn't look good for New Orleans' offense, but you know, there's there's opportunity there for Traquan. I'm I'm just not completely sold on him, but I'm certainly you know if he if he lasts late enough in a draft, then then I'll I'll take him. Four-time FFPC main event league champ and owner and proprietor of FFMastermind.com, Mike Nazarick, joining us on the program tonight. The Eagles uh, have Miles Sanders, and he's been slipping a little bit in drafts. I don't necessarily want to touch on him tonight. What about the backup in Philly, Mike? There's Kenneth Gainwell that they drafted this year. They pick up on Johnson off waivers. And, of course, Boston Scott, who uh, stepped in when uh, Sanders was hurt before and banged up and couldn't play. So who's the backup running back to target for it? And, and by the way, just so the listeners are aware, I'll throw out the ADPs right now for each one of these guys. Kenneth Gainwell, running back 59 at the 15.06. You're looking at on Johnson not even being selected in football guys drafts. And then Boston Scott, running back 61 at the 16.05. So Scott and Gainwell, both very close in ADP right now, Mike. Which one is the guy for you if you're drafting a backup Eagles uh, running back? Probably at this point, Boston Scott, because he's been making the most noise in camp. He's uh, early on, uh, I'm, uh, he was almost sharing the touches equally with uh, Miles Sanders. And of course, Gainwell is not going anywhere. He's the rookie they just took. But there's certainly not a preordained notion that he's going to be the solid backup for Sanders. And I'm kind of worried about Sanders' use in this offense because, you know, he had issues last year, and it looks like they're going to be going more to an RBBC and might be using all three of these guys. But if I was going to take one of these three, it probably would be Boston Scott. He'd probably be the best value, and that would be late. Boston Scott, the giant killer. All right, here's – Oh, good talk about my Boston. Giants now. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to get it in there. I'm sorry. I just couldn't resist. I just love the okay. fact that you yeah. – it shows that you are a fair-thinking mind for you to pick the giant killer there. And, I, you know, we, we need an element of fairness here to help Balky with this question because this is one he's going to struggle with. When you were dealing in March and April with fantasy football and free agency issues and those type of things, Balky was actually winning a championship last year. He won our KFFSC Checkered Flag Championship, and I got a package today in UPS – 
and it was glorious treasures inside, including Balky's trophy. And he wants to oh, repeat boy. with another trophy because Balky, your trophy, absolutely beautiful. But I, I digress. The, the thing he wants to know is, is and he, he brought this up on several shows because he, he can't understand which Rams receiver that, that he should pick, Cooper Cup or Robert Woods, because they're so packed tightly into their ADP. And you as the mastermind, I, I already know what you're going to tell him is that he ought to pick Claypool. But that's not what, you, you know, I want you to tell him what your what your mind and heart says. But to understand Balky needs a, needs a running buddy for the trophy he's going to pick up down here. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I tell you, early on uh, when I, I looked at, took, took a look at this first and I said, hmm, all right, Stafford, he's going to get the ball downfield. He's not going to dink and dunk or get across the middle. You know, Woods likes to run those those patterns and all. And so I, my first impression would be uh, Cooper Cup. But things have kind of changed a little bit. Uh, Wood, Woods is developing a little bit better connection with Stafford in practice here. Uh, it's a shame that we're not going to – I don't think we're going to see Stafford or, or any of these guys in the preseason. I'd like to see it because it's, it's really exciting right. and enticing and all. And I've already drafted uh, Matthew Stafford in one – one early draft as my as my starter, I waited and t- took him. But uh, just re- just actually today or last night, I moved Woods up above Cup in the in the rankings. But like you say, it, it's almost almost dead even. And the fact is that the ADP is higher by about a round round and a half for Woods right now. So you know maybe waiting and taking Cooper Cup a little bit later, and you can get an extra player to higher position is the better value. But I think both these guys are going to have a better season. Than, uh, than last year, especially Cooper Cup. I mean, you know, two years ago he scored ten times, and last year he only scored three times. Uh, I think you're going to see him uh, scoring at least six times, if not close to ten this year. It's going to be an exciting offense and, uh, to watch in L.A. Uh, my couple of questions from the chat room here. Uh, Hudson Kern-Reeve, uh, one of the competitors. I don't know if he's in your specific league in pros versus Joe's, but I know he was one of the entrants this year. He wants to know if the news coming out of Cincinnati camp, obviously not been necessarily glowing about Joe Burrow. Has that changed um, the way that you think about a player like Jamar Chase, obviously the much-heralded rookie uh, who was a college teammate of Burrow? Have, have you moved him down your rankings? Have you changed your mind on, on what you thought about Chase uh, before or, or when he was selected by the Bengals to now? The one word that comes to mind when I think of Jamar Chase, I think of upside. See, Chase is a special talent. Uh, he, yes, he's still a rookie, and there's going to be growing pains when you reach the NFL, and he needs to get a new system down in his head. That said, I, I believe he has enough time to get it down, and he should produce well, especially with his college quarterback and Burrow there. And as for Burrow, I think it literally all is in his head. He's already said that he's got to get guys around his leg, you know, around his knee, getting feel comfortable with that. And that's exactly what preseason is for. Uh, you know, he's he's, he's Yes, he struggled a little bit early on, but, you know, it's been a while since he picked up a football and been around a lot of guys charging at him and all. So, you know, fortunately, the season doesn't begin next week. You know, it's another month away. So let's see how things progress in camp. I'm not pushing a panic button and pushing, moving him down my rankings right now. I've, I, I've already drafted him in one football guys championship game uh, team, uh, you know, just recently here. And I'm, I, I still feel comfortable with that, with that pick. Uh, you know, he might have some growing pains and all, but you know, uh, the bottom line is in the end, you want, you need the, the production and I think he's going to do it. Hey, Mike, more uh, football I, I, is, I, uh, oh, go ahead. 
I, I do want to just pepper this question in real quick. Um, we were we got into a, a Saquon Barkley conversation in the chat room earlier. Um, you're a Giants guy. How nervous would you be about selecting Saquon Barkley in the middle or the end of the first round of drafts this year? Not going to do it. I love my Giants, and I love Saquon Barkley when he's healthy. But the bottom line is that everything is, is coming out. It, you know, I know that it's like, well, he, they activated him. He's, he's practicing now, but they won't commit to week one. And then they said week three, maybe. Can you afford your RB1 to sit on, on the sidelines for two and a half, three weeks? And then when he starts playing, they might use him limited fashion. He's just, you know, I want to see it before I go into that, especially, you know, like I said, this is another situation where it depends on how far he slides. Will I consider him as an RB2 late in the second or early in the third? Yes, definitely. But he's, gonna, he's sliding in a lot of drafts now, and I can see he's sliding into the second round. I'm not touching him in the first. Um, okay, so this is interesting, Mike. I, I feel like, Farrell, this will not be our last uh, Saquon Barkley discussion we will have on this program no. over the next few weeks, too. Um, but, okay, let's get into some, like, wide scope it a little bit. I know you've drafted uh, um, some best ball and some best ball slim teams this year, Mike. How does your preferred sort of end-of-draft roster construction vary between those two formats? Obviously, traditional best ball, 28 rounds with kickers and defenses, uh, the slims, just that, like we saw with you and pros versus Joe's, 18 rounds, no kickers and defenses. Um, so, obviously, the, the kickers and defenses will differ, but what about the rest of the positions in those drafts, or do you not have any sort of finite set number at each position that you want to have? Well, I really like the uh, the slim format, uh, 18 rounds, and I normally go 3-3-6-6, three, three, six, six. you know, three quarterbacks, three tight ends, six running backs, and six wide receivers. And when you get down near the end, you, you like to grab guys that may be on teams, they're starters still, but they're on teams that, you know, people don't know what's going on with the offense, maybe they're new for that team, specifically guys like Tyro Williams, Marvin Jones, those kind of guys, and they can pop and they can have those big games. There will be games where they don't do anything, but that's what best ball is all about, right? You want to kind of cover yourself there. Uh, that's, those are the top types of guys, and I'll even consider guys like if you're going to just go best ball as opposed to, you know, regular uh, league, then Deshaun Jackson's like the ultimate best ball guy because you don't know if he's going to, you know, pop for two games and then, and then get hurt and miss the rest of the year. Well, <laughs> take 30 points in two weeks or, you know, 40 points in two weeks, that, that helps the team. You know, so uh, you're, you're looking more uh, guys like uh, Amrana St. Brown uh, for Detroit on regular teams that you're managing. He's a rookie, you know, he's going to come in. He's going to play the slot, maybe see a lot of catches there. Uh, you know, th- those guys I think will be a little bit more stable uh, than, than, uh, than the other guys. But, you know, it, it's, a, it's very subtle. And uh, you just, like, uh, like the previous guy on here said, it's a little lottery tickets. Once you get late in the draft, you know, you start – and if you do enough of these drafts, you don't want to get the same guys on all the teams. So you just start in, okay, I'm going to do this guy and this guy here. How about this guy and this guy over here? So you kind of spread the field and see who pops in, and hopefully you get lucky with one or two of them. And, you know, and then it, it all comes up roses, hopefully. Mike, when you, uh, when you uh, know coming into the season – that uh, we are not going to have a 16-game NFL season this year. We're going to have a 17-game season. Has that affected the way that you draft at all? Still the single buy, obviously, for each team. But has that affected the way that you've drafted the FFPC, knowing that there's, um, the, the NFL teams are playing one more game this year? 
Directly, probably not, because I just view that as an extra week. I know we're doing the all-play in the top six uh, points in week six in the FFPC main event, get a win and all. And that's just like an extra week uh, because uh, it's a good thing. Because, you know, if your team starts out, you know, one and four, basically you're out of it. But at least you have one extra week there to try and make up ground. Uh, at that point, you're hoping you're going for total points. But the most, the biggest thing this year has been the buys. The fact that you got teams like Carolina and Green Bay, Tennessee, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, all off week 13. That's the playoffs in the FFPC. So you have to weigh that as to whether how many of those players you want on your team. Fortunately, you're old elite studs. You're not going to have more than one of them unless you're in a dynasty format. And actually, that happens to me too. I've, I'm, I've got an FFPC pros versus Joe's dynasty team where I've got both McCaffrey and Henry. And, uh, yeah, they're going to be off week 13. Fortunately, in that league, that's not the playoffs. So, you know, but, but really it's the bye weeks that more concern me rather than the extra week. I think, I think we're going to be fine there. Uh, you know, obviously the players are going to be upset. They've got to play an extra, extra week and all. But, you know, it's just uh, it's more excitement for the rest of us. Uh, let's get to you know, a my, couple of emails here. Oh, go ahead, Farrell. Oh, no, I'll hold off mine because I think the list of emails, I'll get my standard question in, Bucky. And I, I'm okay. really excited <laughs> about what Mike's got to say. But let's go to those emails. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll go to Mike in, uh, actually, a different Mike. This one in midfield term, Pennsylvania. He writes, how do you feel about Elijah Moore from a redraft perspective this season? Thanks, Mastermind. That is Mike in midfield term, PA. So we we saw the the injury scare, um, but it it sounds like the Jets are saying it's nothing serious and he's not going to miss a ton of time. But he had been wowing a lot of people um, in training camp, a lot of the beat writers uh, talking about all the plays he's been making. But he is a rookie, Mike, so help us unwrap this riddle of Elijah Moore and his 2021 prospects. Well, it, it, you want – as a Giants fan, I'm originally from New York, so I am kind of a Jets fan too. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Jets are the Jets, mm-hmm. and they can't seem to get get out of the you know or their own way. But uh, this is a talented kid. And uh, you know, much like last year, we didn't know what they were going to do with Denzel Mims, and then he got injured, and you know, and it, it just kind of fell apart. And then this year, he got sick in the off season, lost 20 pounds, and now you know he's he's on the backup team, and they might end up trading him or cutting him. But Elijah Moore, uh, before he got hurt, was uh, basically on track to start for this team. Uh, and the the issue here is that you've got Zach Wilson. You've got another rookie quarterback, so there's going to be growing pains there. Um, you know, it, it's it's not a solid lock. Like, say, Trevor Lawrence, you know, uh, basically the Jets saw and they liked what they saw, and he, he flashed, you know, when, they, when he worked out and everything, and, you know, we're just kind of crossing our fingers here. I think you've got to take more of a long-term approach with Elijah Moore, especially if he, if he is, you know, the quad injury and all. If he is, he's going to be healthy by week one, but I wouldn't expect too much to begin with this is the type of guy that you draft in the middle to late rounds of your draft as late as you can uh, and, and, and stack him and wait and see what happens. I'm not going to start him in week one. I want to see what he's going to do. We don't know what the Jet offense is going to do. It can't be much worse than it was last year. Uh, but, you know, there's <laughs> excitement in New York, and they should because they've got a lot of talented young guys, but they are young and they're rookies, and there's a lot of growing pains there. And, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see what uh, Elijah can do. You know, there's another our, situation – there's another situation um, where we don't know what's going to happen. And it's not necessarily because the, the talent is young there. It's because we don't really know what the depth chart's going to look like in New Orleans. And that's sort of Chris and Raleigh's question here, um, Mike. He says, um, I saw a report today that Taysom Hill could start week one. 
does that and the Michael Thomas thing change the way you guys are drafting Saints? So now we sort of got into this with the Triquan Smith question for you, uh, Mike, but knowing the quarterback situation, knowing that Michael Thomas is going to be out for a while, how does that affect what you're doing with Alvin Kamara? How does that affect what you're doing with Marquez Callaway? Quite frankly, how does it affect what you're doing with Adam Troutman? Adam Troutman hasn't done anything yet. He's got a lot of potential. So he's a late-round sleeper. And if you're going to grab him in round 13 or whatever, good luck. I'm not even sniffing that. Okay, you're right. We don't know who's going to start. Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston. And so, yeah, if you if you give me the choice between Kamara and now Dalvin Cook as the number two behind CMC, I'm going to take Cook. In fact, I'll probably take Henry over Kamara. Okay, simply because I, I owned Kamara last year in the pros versus Joes, and I saw when Taysom Hill came in there, and there was a, a couple of games there where Alvin didn't even have 10 points in PPR. They weren't throwing to him. Then they started throwing to him later, and, of course, Brees came back, and he was okay. But there's, there's a lot of variables here, and, you know, I mean, it's, that's, that's kind of scary. And, like I said, that's another reason to maybe avoid Alvin Kamara that early in your, in your draft. Now, if you're, like, sitting at 9 or 10 and he slips that, that late, I use there. Um, I'd still feel a little bit concerned, a little bit about it, but you know, uh, like I said, there, there's everything's everything can't go through Alvin Kamara there. I mean, I know he's talented and all, but you know, t- teams, t- talented teams that they play will stack the box against him. I know he's going to catch passes and everything, but wow, I mean, if they don't have any guys that really step up and catch the passes in the passing game, then uh, you know, it, it's. It could get it could get a little bit ugly. I mean, I remember Saquon Barkley was his rookie year there. I mean, he, you know, a game against the Cowboys, right? What, 13 catches for like 20 yards or something? It, it was just it was crazy, you know. I mean, it's uh it's going to be interesting to see what happens in New Orleans. And <laughs> I mean, Drew Brees like, oh, maybe maybe it's a good thing that I retired. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, let me ask you this: um, in regards to the the Hill versus Winston thing, does your um analysis or your projection of Kamara change if let's say Sean Payton announces Winston as the starting quarterback prior to FFPC main event drafts? Well, I got him pretty high right now, so that would probably keep him where he is. If Taysom Hills announces it, and I don't think Sean Payton is going to do this because <laughs> he's never given anything, right. anyone yep. to anything. Right. So I don't think we're going to know. But if you were to say that Taysom Hill is going to start, then yeah, I'd probably lower him probably to a late a later round first round pick. I mean, I just don't think it's going to happen though. I think they're going to they're going to hold their their cards straight to, you know, very close to the vest and they don't want anyone to know what they're doing. And and even if Winston is the starter, you can bet they're going to have packages for for Hill to come in and it's going to be more than just a couple of plays here and there like they did for Brees. It's going to be more. So, it's going to be interesting. Like I said they they've got their hands full. It's it's not Drew Brees anymore. You got a totally different game there and uh you know, you got a, a very good uh you know, uh strong-arm quarterback but one that, you know, uh, almost like Fitzpatrick can make really bad mistakes, but he's also very good. Uh, he's a little bit older now. So, and then you taste him Hill. We saw a little bit of taste of him last year. It was mostly good, but a lot of it was him running around and, and, and running in touchdowns at the goal. And I don't think they can do that sustained to keep him. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here, uh, you know, this season with the, the quarterback situation in New Orleans. Farrell, I am fresh out of email, so it is time for you to unholster that verbal pistol and fire that final <laughs> question right at Mr. Nazarek. <laughs> well, and you've, I think we're going to have sleepers 
that are presented to us bulky with infectious enthusiasm. A lot of our, you know, we've had a commentary that the late round guys are lottery tickets, tickets, but I want to find that pick that, that you know is that sleeper that's going to do something for you. It's going to be on your roster the entire year that you're going to wait for him to fulfill some point scoring in this 17-game season. And then you've given us some guys – in very great commentary on Kamara and Barkley, you've given us some guys early that you that you will eventually take. I want I want to give you a guy that you just might not take, no matter how far he falls. So those are my two questions. Mm. Well, uh, I was kind of pitched a similar question like this, and my answer really was Saquon Barkley <laughs> early in the draft. Uh, <laughs> where am I? Well, I'm not going to take him, but I, I guess uh, to just switch it up and go in, in another position is I really think that uh, Patrick Mahomes is being drafted too early in a lot of these drafts. Uh-huh. I like uh, anyone that's uh, that's seen my site. Uh, you can get a, a screenshot of my PDF cheat sheets from back in May, and you can see a different name up top, Josh Allen. And uh, so I don't think uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to find his way on my, any of my teams. Uh, not that I don't like him. I just think he's going too soon, and I think even fourth or fifth round is too soon for him. So that's your answer there if you want an interesting answer. That is. Hey, yeah, absolutely. Listen, Mike, um, ffmastermind.com, uh, it's it's going strong, obviously. You are almost, uh, boy, three decades of, of experience into this, um, into this website. There's a lot of great content on here and a lot of great reasons to subscribe to ffmastermind.com. Number one question uh, for you on this, why should people subscribe? What do you have going on there right now? What do you have coming up that people will want to read? And number two, Chris Rito and you uh, dropped the, uh, the running back preview podcast. When is the wide receiver one coming out? Uh, that podcast is coming out next Tuesday. So we do uh, – and, and the, the, the one thing I like about our podcast is it's 30 minutes. So it always runs along. We always go 35, 40 minutes or whatever. But, you know, I, I don't think anyone wants to hear me talk for an hour. <laughs> so maybe, maybe Chris, <laughs> because he's, 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 he's really researched a lot. He's very statistical in his analysis and all. And uh, so I think we, we work well together. But it's a 30-minute show. Uh, you know, we've already done quarterbacks and running backs. So each Tuesday it's going to be wide receivers next week and then tight ends. And then I think we do a, a sleeper creeper show before. And then we go into week one's newsletter. Have a lot of fun on the show uh, on Blog Talk Radio, of course. And, uh, you know, really looking forward to that. Uh, what, what we're going on uh, with the guy, I mean, right now, of course, my preseason draft guy. I've been doing guys now for 26 years. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, we got like uh, more than 20 articles in it. And, and, I mean, we just dropped like a 50-page uh, article on offensive line analysis. Uh, senior writer John Cooney is really good in this area. Uh, so uh, people want to know well, who's got the best, you know, blockers and stuff for for the for the runners and all. And we we actually skipped this about five years ago, and I got hell for it, caught hell for it. So I said, okay, it's always going to be in the guide. <laughs> but we got perfect drafts coming up. Uh, you know, we do the t- PPR, non-PPR, 10 and 12, 14. We might get the 14 this year. Uh, it just depends on on how, how how busy I am as well as John Cooney and, and the rest of the staff here. We're updating our rookie rankings here after the next preseason game. We'll see there. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it's a lot of good stuff. Uh, we have also have our executive draft master, which is drafting software to help you draft, uh, and and that's that's at a bargain for just fifteen bucks in itself. But if you buy it in the, it, for the package, it's only an extra ten. Uh, 
you know, I've been doing weekly newsletters, drafting software, and a draft guy for 26 years. Um, you know, I, I, th- I really think that our site, um, I make my living from the site, so I guess I'm doing some things right, I guess. But, yeah. you know, everything available for, for – I think we have everything available and needed for, that, you know, for whether you're experienced or whether you're a newbies, and I take my job very seriously – uh, you know, this is what I do for a living full-time, and, and premium subscribers can email me questions at any time. They can hit me up on Twitter or whatnot, you know, I'll help them out. Uh, I, and I said this last summer, and I guess I'm going to say it again right here because I want to I want to, want to hear for the people that, you know, took the year off from COVID because of COVID and everything. I guess you could say that some may consider me the Alexa of fantasy football. I may not get everything perfectly right, but generally I always have an answer that's going to help you move on and move towards the right path towards winning. And that's all you can do. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm here to help uh, offer an experienced opinion. Uh, I'm certainly not God, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm here to help people. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still doing it 26 years later, so I guess I'm doing something right. Mike Nazarek, he's not God, but he's close. And if you want to get on that first uh, step on that path to winning, it begins by punching up ffmastermind.com in your browser. Check that out right there. You follow Mike on Twitter at ffmastermind. Mike, good luck in the main event this year. I, I know that you're going to be adding to that total. Um, good luck in pros versus Joes. You've had a lot of success in that format, so uh, I fully expect to see you at the uh, top of the leaderboard throughout the season there. Thanks so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it, and we'll see you out in Vegas shortly. Yeah, listen, guys, before we go, I, I always offer this whenever I come on, on the site because I want, I want people, you know, whether you're playing in the FFPC or just playing high-stakes events uh, or, or other, other leagues, you know, uh, that uh, I want, I want to try people to try out the site. So we're offering a, a special $12 discount code for our Super Bowl package, which is everything. Normally it's uh, $59.95, $60. This will get you 12 bucks off. The code is FFPC12. So it's just FFPC12. And uh, that'll bring your cost down to forty-seven ninety-five. That's under fifty bucks. Uh, gets you everything on the site for twenty twenty-one uh, to try us out. And uh, you know we're we're here to help. We are here to help. And uh, Mike, listen, I appreciate that for for the listeners. Um, and I'll be following all the content. Be following you throughout the season. And we'll talk again soon, dude. This was a treat. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thanks, Good luck, Mike. guys. Take care. Michael Nazarick, ladies and gentlemen, at FF Mastermind on Twitter, ffmastermind.com. Good stuff from him. Uh, Farrell, that is going to do it for our show. No, we went a little bit over tonight, but, man, three guests. We had to, we had to go a little bit over tonight. Uh, for anybody who is interested, and you all should be, kffsc.com, filling up those online main events. Next one going off 9 p.m. on Monday. Don't wait for Saturday and Sunday. Get registered for it now. It'll be the best part of your Monday Farrell, thanks so much, dude. We will talk to you again for our KFFSC preview episode next week, man. Thank you, Balky. We'll see you then. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. You follow him on Twitter at Elliott, and, of course, at KFFSC, KFFSC.com. I want to thank Greg Sidoris, Elliott LaFleur, Mike Nazarek, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. Like I said, it's another huge show, ladies and gentlemen, next week. Friday night, 10, 9 central. It is our annual KFFSC preview episode. I have secured the 2020 KFFSC main event champs, Frying Pan Inc. Yeah, that's right. Brad Petrie, Darren Larson, they're going to be on this podcast next week, but that's not all. 
uh, from Paydirt and the Athletics Fantasy Football Coverage. The football scientist himself, Casey Joyner, will be swinging by on the HSFF Hour next week, too. So another uh, show next week where we have three guests. It's going to be a lot. And quite frankly, you need a lot this time of year. Fantasy football is uh, the drafting is, is hot and heavy as it's been all year. We want to bring you the content. We're going to get three really intelligent guys, well, four really intelligent guys next week, including Farrell, and then, of course, me on the program you're going to have to put up with. Remember to register for that inaugural best ball tournament today before it fills up. Get in on the Dynasty Starters, the Football Guys Players Championship, too. We're trying to fill this midnight draft coming up. we got about 40 minutes to go. Only three people. Uh, no, beg your pardon. There's four people in it now, so only eight to go. I think that's going to happen. Be the hero. Jump in now. MyFFPC.com, $400 off each additional main event team on your account today. Remember, register for those Planet Hollywood rooms now before the prices go up. Join the KFSSC main event. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Hey, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, um, before I sign out of the chat room tonight, um, I think it was, and I have to go back and look here. Everybody keeps talking. I can't see who originally said that. Um, They were asking about the Ascendant, which we had always done um, on the annual Live at the KFFSC episode, Um, but we have not done it the last few years because it's been difficult trying to to get a good handle on the ascendant. Now, what has been easier to get a handle on um, has been the hype guy, which we've done the last few years. And that's what we will be doing again. Now, we won't do it next week. Uh, Kevin Williamson, by the way, Bourbon City Ballers, uh, asking about the ascendant. We will not reveal the ascendant next week. We will reveal the hype guy live at the KFFSC. That is not this Friday, but the following Friday. That's when that's going to happen. Um, and a final reminder. Make sure you're getting in in the FFPC main event uh, by Monday at midnight Pacific so you can get your early draft slot on Wednesday. And make sure you're clicking on that link on the FFPC main event page or giving Greg Sidoris a call to make sure you're securing that fantastic room rate before August 24th when it skyrockets. 216-299-5390 is Greg's number. Casino Connection USA at gmail.com is where to reach him. I'm getting ready for that midnight draft. Can't wait to see you in it. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you again next week with Petrie, Larson, and Joyner.